0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio with your host, Anne Gelsheimer. We are entering higher levels of consciousness with both old and new spiritual technologies to help us be the people we've always dreamed of being. We can make the choice to evolve in consciousness and become the change the world needs today. Now, here is Anne Gelsheimer.
2: Hello, this is your host Ann Gelsheimer and welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio. My guests tonight are three wonderful women who are leaders in the field of awakening consciousness and in making peaceful contact with extraterrestrial visitors. Dr. Marilyn Gavicki, Diane Saunders, and Jennifer Westicott are leaders for the Northeast CE5 Contact Group, where consistent contact and communication takes place on a monthly basis with extraterrestrial civilizations. Dr. Marilyn Gavicki is a clinical psychologist in private practice, the director of the Sanctuary for Evolutionary Vision, and the author of the soon to be released book, The Oneness of Being Birthing the New Human. Jen Westicott is a registered nurse and licensed massage therapist. Jen has had extensive experience in teaching massage and has a deep passion for how body work relates to present moment awareness and Conscious Expansion. And joining us a little later in the program will be Diane Saunders, who is a clinical social worker in private practice specializing in psychospiritual modalities. Diane also teaches Hatha Yoga, and she'll be joining us as soon as she can after her class this evening. Now, Marilyn and Diane have been on pre- a previous episode of Conscious Evolution Radio, which turns out turned out to be a gift for me because we became friends instantly. I was invited to attend their monthly contact group in New York State, where I also became friends with Jen Westicott and many other wonderful people. I've now attended three CE5 contact events with their group, two that were done inside during cold winter weather, and then one this April when we were able to sit outside under the stars on a warm and magical night. All of these experiences have been wonderful in different ways, and we're going to talk about that tonight, as well as their upcoming CE5 intensive weekend in July. So, Jen and Marilyn, welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be guests on Conscious Evolution Radio.
3: Well, it is absolutely wonderful, Anne, to be here.
2: And, Jen, welcome.
3: Thanks, Anne. It's so nice to be here with you, such a pleasure.
2: And it's so fun. I had I so enjoyed our last conversation about uh, your group, and I'm really looking forward to tonight. But I thought what we could do is start uh, just by defining what is a CE5 contact group, just in case someone's listening who has never heard that term before.
3: Great. Well, CE5 is um, close encounters of the fifth kind, and. It is different than if someone was just outside and happened to see a UFO in the sky or even people who have been contacted by extraterrestrials from the extraterrestrial point of view. But CE5s are really important because it's human-initiated contact with extraterrestrials. And for me, Anne, it is probably the most important piece of the disclosure movement because it is us, as humans, initiating contact, saying we, as a human race, are ready, willing, are not afraid, and it is time that we meet our extraterrestrial neighbors. So that, that is what CE5 stands for.
2: And that is such an evolutionary leap in consciousness to be able to even concede that there's life beyond Earth and intelligence beyond human and reach out in peace to that.
3: Exactly. It's one thing to have um, information from data files, from and, of course, we have so much information now from the military and from scientific advisors about the truth of extraterrestrial contact on Earth. There's no debating that. That's all part of the disclosure movement. But for me, the willingness to go beyond that data and say, it's time we meet, it's time we initiate, Contact, and that's what our group does.
2: And I've been I've been there three times now, and I can tell our listeners that definitely contact is occurring, and it's incur- occurring in so many different ways. But people might wonder. I, I, I know friends of mine say to me, "I want to make contact. What do I? What do I do?" Let's talk about the protocols that you use because they're very specific.
3: Well, they are, and they, they are, and. One, of course, one of the things we do is meditation to expand our consciousness because it is through consciousness that we make contact. And of course, as humans, we have a lot of we have a, a lot of ways to go in terms of opening our consciousness, just in terms of each other on Earth. But, so one of the things we utilize in meditation techniques to expand our consciousness. Um, but in our group. We really found that building community cohesiveness has really expanded and um, increased our contact, and so we have these protocols where we learn how to be in community with each other, with our hearts expanded. We what I try, what I say is, it's putting on the best traits we have as a human race, and coming together in our small community, 20 to 30 people every month, with the best traits we have as a human race, which is love and peace and harmony and unconditional regard and no judgment. We always say, put your ego in the back seat. Let your consciousness do the driving. And We've had this community over the last three or four years, and you've been in it, Anne and Jen. You've been changed by it. It's an incredible experience. I mean, forget the contact with ETs. Just being in a human community with such a loving presence among us has just been amazing for me. Yeah, and and I can echo, definitely echo that. What you say, Marilyn, Um, It definitely has been the most incredible community I have ever been a part of, some of the most amazing people I've ever met and there's something profound that happens when we all gather we're not caught in the externals of what we do for a living we just really meet each other in this heart soul level and connect and i believe that we create an energy signature that the ets can recognize
2: i would say that's true cuz i i remember in april and we're going to talk more about what happened in april but just as a little little insight when we were going around just introducing ourselves to the ETs and to one another because there were so many new people there that night. And that's yes. when contact started. That's, that's when contact started.
3: Well, you're so right on. That's, may, oftentimes we don't even get through a whole meditation because contact starts happening right in the middle of it.
2: And for many people, um, I know myself, and uh, both you, uh, Jen and Marilyn, we've all trained with Dr. Stephen Greer, which was a fantastic gift. But people don't have to necessarily do that if they can't get there. It's a wonderful thing to do. But if you can't get there, this what you're doing on a monthly basis shows that people can do it if they open their hearts and they're willing to, you know, just try a few new ways of doing things and, and some new meditations.
3: Well, and 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 yes, we're all we were, we all went to Dr. Greer's expeditions, and and that's where I learned so much. And he is one of the most amazing people in terms of having human-initiated contact. But as even he says, we all have to go back to our local communities and do it ourselves. And at first, I thought, oh no way, we were going to be able to do it. But that is just so not true. In fact, we've had more contact in the last year than I've ever seen, and I think part of that is because of the communities that we've developed. And there's more vibration going out from a community than one
2: person. I think that's that's that's, the ET thumb. Yes, and and that community is so established now that it can absorb new people. Like we had something like six new people come in, and it was fantastic. Like the. The community is so welcoming and so loving that it can easily, you know, sort of embrace these new people and still have fantastic contact experiences.
3: Well, you know what I think, Anne? I even think that not only is our community um, putting out a beam to the, to the ETs, but I think our community is also sending its signature out to all these other humans because as we get new people Every month, they are incredible new people, and I think they are drawn to the feeling that our community emanates out into the airwaves. It's not just E.T.s; it's these wonderful people that are coming.
2: That totally makes sense because they were amazing. I mean, just lovely, lovely people, and really uh, very advanced in their thinking and in their experiences.
3: Mm-hmm. Always humbled by the fact that. A lot of our members drive from tremendous distances. Of course, you, and take yeah. cake. You drive the farthest. But we have people from Boston and New York and Staten Island, and they're so dedicated. They drive up here for an evening of contact because it means that much to them, and I'm, I'm always touched by that. Yes, so, the commitment th- and the dedication of, of this community is just extraordinary.
2: Well, and and what you've you've built up um, is extraordinary. I know there are many contact groups going on. I I was looking at Costa's site, um, who who runs ET. Let's talk, and he was saying there's like five, at least five thousand groups operating worldwide and across fifty countries. But I've never heard of a, a group quite as established or uh, consistently successful as your own. Maybe they're out there. I just haven't heard of them. It's quite an accomplishment.
3: Yes, it's, it's it's quite wonderful, and I I feel very lucky that that every month I get to participate with these extraordinary people, and um, and like last April a month ago, the contact we had was just amazing, and it was so fun as you and Anne and Jen, you know, we had been inside all winter long, and so we were so ready to sit outside under the stars, and boy, did we get a treat!
2: So should we talk about we that? Sure oh let's let's share. <laughs> it really was wonderful. It was so beautiful and it was there was so many types of contact that occurred. Maybe we could just each share some of our favorite what we saw or what we experienced. So Marilyn. Well, can-
3: I mean the highlight, Anne, was the golden craft. And I have to say, the golden craft has come maybe six times over the last three years. And it is this amazing craft that comes pretty low in the sky, moves very slowly over the house and over our group. And the rays of light that emanate from this craft are amazing, and everybody feels it in their heart. And then it it goes over the treetops and just disappears.
2: Yes, I, I really do. I wanna I wanna say you know offer my own witness to that because that was my first time seeing the golden craft at your house. I, I think we've seen it in Arizona, but that's the first time seeing one like that. And it did. It flew very slow, very low extremely bright, no nav lights, like a, an airplane, nothing like that. And then it disappeared into a clear sky, suddenly was gone after it crossed over the top of the group. And that for me was confirmation this was not an ordinary human phenomenon of any kind.
3: Yes.
1: And, and it was and actually
3: and almost almost three years to the day, minus two days, where it first appeared to us here on this property, and I was just absolutely amazed by the signature that I felt in my heart. I mean, that's, that is what is so moving about it, is the incredible opening that happens in everyone's hearts. I mean, people were crying. It was just such a moving experience to feel these, these beings in this craft. It was really powerful for everybody in the group. And it did feel like, um, and I talked to several people afterwards that that we all received downloads of, of amazing healing energy when this craft went over. And I don't. I also talked to some other people afterwards. When the craft went over, after it disappeared, the ground it was so strange because it became tilted, and I was having trouble standing up. And I was, people were running into each other. And I found out from
2: somebody who was seated, she said, the ground looked tilted from where she sat. Wow. I I remember, I do remember that. I remember standing up. I thought, I mean, partly it was the blankets, because we all stood up to look at the craft, and we were wrapped in blankets. So part of it was, like, just trying to get my balance with that. But I remember thinking, that's so odd. I'm really having a hard time keeping my balance. And then several other people said the same thing.
3: Yes, I just think the energy was so intense from the craft, and um, and that, and Jen, that's right. It was three years ago, almost to date, that the craft first made its appearance. So that's pretty exciting. And like you said, Anne, there were a lot of new people there, and here
2: comes the craft. And it was so clear; it was unmistakable. It's you know, it's the kind of experience you always hope you'll have, uh, and there it was.
3: Yeah, was so it's amazing because the, the, the last time it came to our group, it, it was a very, a particularly large group that night, and we had a lot of new people. And it was similar this time with lots oh. of wonderful new people joining our group, and it was almost like the ETs were, were just welcoming all these new members. It was really a, a very special experience.
2: Well, I remember feeling, when I watched the craft go over, I remember feeling like oh, I didn't get a lot in terms of a telepathic connection, but I got a clear sense, this is for you. Like, they had planned this. They were doing this, not for me personally, but for the group. This is for you. And they they really wanted us to have that experience. And how, how wonderful, how generous.
3: How absolutely generous, yes. It's so true. When new people come, you hope that we have contact Just just so new people can can begin to get a flavor of how how we do this with our community building and our cohesiveness and our heart expansion and consciousness work, and sure enough, there it is. I think that you're right, Anne. I think it's like, here's your reward. You're right on track, gang.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was fantastic. And there were many, many other experiences. I think what we'll do right now is we're going to go to break because we're very close right now, and then come back, and we can talk about the the other kinds of things that we're seeing and experienced that were were quite profound. So this is Anne Gelsheimer with Conscious Evolution Radio, and we will be right back.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: What is spiritual spelunking? It's basically an exploration of the truth, our own unique truth. Every single person in the world has a reason to be here. Although we are told many things, it's ultimately up to us to figure it all out. The search continues throughout our entire lives. Join host Giles Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on this journey. Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews.
0: Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
1: Tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to Conscious Evolution Radio at Gmail.com. Again, that's Conscious Evolution Radio at Gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: Hi, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. My guests tonight are Dr. Marilyn Gavaki and Jennifer Westacott, and in a little while, Diane Saunders will be joining us. And we've been talking about the Northeast CE5 contact group. And I've been attending a few times. Uh, Marilyn and Diane founded the group some years ago, and Jen is uh, also a leader in the group. And we were talking about our most recent uh, experience in April, where we were able to sit outside and do the contact protocols And we were having fantastic experiences. So we talked about the golden craft before the break. Let's talk about the other things that you recall uh, that people experienced.
3: Well, I remember, right, right during the meditation, I mean, we started having contact when people were introducing themselves. And then we went into a meditation. We didn't even get the meditation complete because crafts started appearing in the sky and And we I should say that when craft appears in the sky and it 's pretty high up, we have a satellite chart that we can look on and see if that particular craft indeed is a satellite, which sometimes they look similar. so we're always checking the satellite chart to see but another real clue that it 's not a satellite is when several craft come in all at once. in fact, at think at one point in the night, there were five craft. In the air, all at the same time.
2: I remember that. And they were going in all different directions, but they were staying kind of in a circle immediately above our group. Yes. I remember that. And they were were rather faint, uh, but you could see them with the naked eye. I didn't have my special binoculars. I could see them. And then there were ones that were really close to the circle, those flashbulb, those very, very bright lights that would just flash at us from the trees and just above the trees.
3: Yeah, so flash bulbs and flash bulbs are, that's exactly what they look like. They're huge flashes in the sky and you don't always see a craft there except you see the flash and then it's gone. And that's then right. other craft we had come in where you, we point our lasers, our green lasers at the craft and they power up or they light up big as if communicating back to us. We had several of those power-ups happen, too, which is always just so exciting.
2: And I want to say, just for listeners who might want to be out there doing this, um, it is a federal offense to point a laser at a plane or any kind of uh, human-driven craft, so be very, very careful. Generally, we'll draw a circle around the craft just to make sure, but if we're absolutely sure it's an ET craft and not human, uh, then we may flash the the laser at it. But we're very careful because we could actually blind a, a pilot if we're not careful.
3: Exactly. Yes. that And that's why it's good to have one person only, if they have a laser, be the one to shine it at the craft. And we take a lot of precautions. Thanks, Sam, for bringing that up. But you know when the craft pulses back, it's a craft. That's right. Satellites, satellites and planes don't pull, pulse back at you and power up. So that's a pretty exciting thing that, that happens. And, and Jen, you were saying something about there were There were crafts that came in like a triangle, and then yeah. yeah, at one point I remember, and several people we were talking about this after two, there were three crafts in a formation, like a, a triangular formation, and you know we, we were seeing a lot of stuff in the sky, and then sometimes it seems like things shift to more of the ground level and and Many people were seeing um, a lot of energy fluxes and orbs, uh, lots of colors like orange and yellow. And actually, our photographer in the group was able to capture some pretty amazing pictures that night. Uh, and there's one in particular that shows three orbs in a triangular formation. So I, I that saw was that. really cool yep. to see.
2: And that I'm sure you guys can see was that too, Anne. That was amazing. And I, I also, I took just with my iPhone, uh, no flash, I took a photo into the dark. And and I, you do that because you don't, what the human eye is able to perceive is so limited. The digital phones actually have a little bit more capacity to register light beyond what we can see. And with no flash, I got two beautiful orbs, uh, a golden one and a blue one. And so that totally rules out the idea of it was light on a dust specter or something like that. This, These were orbs of light that were actually beyond the range of my, my human vision, but my phone got it.
3: Well, and this is the amazing thing about having cameras during these events, because our photographer gets, this, that last series of orbs she got, I never saw such bright, they were small orbs, but bright, white light was emanating from them, and it, it was just, incredible. And we get these pictures all the time.
2: You're right, Marilyn. And I have it, never seen orbs that bright. I saw those photos. They were remarkable.
3: And they came in, like, like Jen said, right after we saw the triangular kind of shape of the three craft, and then our photographers oh. started taking pictures, and there those orbs were in, in that triangular shape right right on ground level, right above our heads, And oftentimes we'll see, well, even that night, I mean, several people could see orbs coming in. I think they had a lot of orange, goldy orbs coming in and shapes of flexing energy that was coming in. Oh, and you know the other thing
2: was the warm breezes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes, that's right. The temperature went up, and we were so comfortable. At one point, I was, like, knocking off the blankets, and I I get cold easily, but it got so warm. And this was as the night was getting later, which is very strange.
3: Well, it was getting colder, you're right. And then every time we saw what was clearly a craft, it it was the strangest thing we'd do. This warm breeze just come over the entire group, and everybody felt that.
2: And remember the beautiful scents we were smelling? Like, there was oh, different smells. Yes. Yeah, Debbie, Debbie and I were sitting next to each other, and there was a sweet smell and a floral smell. And there was one that reminded me of essential oils, which you would think, okay, we're out in a forest, right? You know, cedar, or whatever. But it wasn't like anything that I, my nose recognized. It was just a, a, a whole bunch of different, beautiful smells.
3: Yes, and I, I, I always remember in Dr. Greer's expeditions, we'd often get these smells, but I had never had... So many smells come through our group, like that April night. And some were even a little fruity, and nobody was eating anything in the
2: group. That's right. <laughs> exactly. We kept asking, you know, who's got the candy? You know, who's got the whatever? Right. But nobody fessed up. <laughs> no, I yeah, don't it think anybody
3: was. Active night. It's some, You know, some nights it's a lot happening in the sky, and some nights a lot's happening on the ground. But it felt like it was hard to know where, where to look or focus because there was so much happening. All the senses were very much alive and well out there. And, and who was it that got touched so much? There was somebody in the group. I yes. forgot who, but who had quite Michelle. a bit of touch going on. Yes.
1: Yes. Sir. And um, yes, um,
3: some people afterwards shared that they felt that during the meditation that they also that, that they also got some healing going on. One of the Tao's and the group said that afterwards, she had energy for a week, and she was, a, she was an older person who, she said, I've I had trouble with energy lately. She goes, I had energy that I hadn't felt in 10 years, and it's lasted a week. Wow. So that, that's testimony to, I think, the kind of communication and downloads that the ETs are capable was doing with us that we don't even, aren't consciously aware of when it happens.
2: Uh, for the listeners, the touch is very gentle and respectful. Like a couple of people felt like their hair was very gently touched or a shoulder was gently touched. It's nothing invasive, but it's definite. It's, it's, it's very clear when it happens.
3: Yes. And, you know, we also take into the field electronics like a radar detector and electromagnetic meter. And I believe, Anne, your meter was going off
2: so much it- in the night. It was. And I, I love that because I tested it in the beginning of the night. I know the protocols from Dr. Greer. We we uh, get the baseline, we turn it down so that it, it eliminates whatever the background EMS might be, they're eliminated. Of course, we're outside. There's not very much. Um, all the elect- other electronic devices like phones and stuff are turned off. But in any case, like at least the, um, it's just like you put it on airplane mode. But the, it was picking up nothing for the longest time until we started seeing the craft overhead, and that's when the uh, meter started going off. And it it would periodically almost punctuate things that were happening in the group.
3: Yes. And I remember towards the end, and I think meter went off at the same time. at, At the end, we saw this amazing craft coming out of the sky, very, very low on the horizon, going through the trees on the southern yes. end of the property. And I didn't see this, but many people said it felt like the craft went through the trees and actually landed.
1: I and remember I remember
3: that. At, that, at that point, your meter was definitely going off again.
2: And Jen, did you see that? I couldn't from where I was sitting. I, I missed it, my way I was turned. Were you able to see it?
3: I I wasn't in the right direction either, but I know that many of our members who were facing that direction did see that happen
2: that's right You know, there were multiple people and as a group we all got up and we you know gradually so it's dark of course we're carefully walking over to uh, where where the craft might be and again I, I'm just going to mention if this ever happens to any of our listeners where they see a craft it's really important not to just run up to it I mean one that could be very frightening for the ETs because humans have been very aggressive in the past sometimes running at them with guns and stuff so we don't run up but also just to perceive with with love and caution, it's not the the ETS will hurt us, but we don't know if there's radiation around the craft. We're not sure, so we just proceed with caution, and then just see. Have an open mind and an open heart.
3: Yes. Well, it's. In, I feel like there's a, recipro, there's a reciprocity between us and the ETS. We don't want them to come in in any manifested form. That's going to draw attention to them, for instance, from the military where they might be armed. And I also feel that the ETs don't appear in any way to us that will be too scary and too frightful. And oftentimes we feel like they send probes to the group to kind of measure where everybody's fear factor is. And the, the less fear in the group, the more contact happens.
2: That was really important, yeah, for people to be able to let go of the fear and just enter into friendship and the possibility of wonderful, peaceful contact. Yes. Our group, I really felt like the everybody in the group was willing and able to do that.
3: And, and I think we all tease each other that we're just by the act of being so diligent And committed to going out every month, and we often go out more than that and say, we're here, we're ready, we're clear, we care, and yet we all tease each other and say, well, if a particularly strange-looking extraterrestrial came to the door, it still probably would be a little alarming. (laughs) So one of the things that's really important to work on is to really understand that the universe is pretty diverse and beautiful, and that's part of the design, and you know, the more we can accept human diversity, which is a great place to start, the more we're going to be able to open our minds to what these extraterrestrials might look like and behave like. And it's not always going to be typically exactly like us. In fact, I hope <laughs> so. Our
0: right. are
3: repeated in the universe.
2: <laughs> yeah, we hope we hope that they're uh, a little more gracious than humans can be at times. The experiences that we've had have consistently been, I I know myself over a couple of years and Marilyn for you much longer and Jen also, that it's always been peaceful and friendly and even fun. I mean, sometimes the ETs really come in when we're on break and we're joking and we're laughing. We get all kinds of uh, presentations and contact during that time. They seem to enjoy when we're really having fun.
3: Yes, I totally agree. In fact, sometimes we've been on break. We go inside to have our treats, and some, well, of course, there's always people who stay outside and like, I'm not leaving. And and sometimes they run to the door and say, You guys, you have to come out. There's an incredible keel craft going across the sky, and so it, I get it. It's like, no, we're not taking a time out. They want us back out, and so we go back out. <laughs>
2: that's so great well this seems like a good spot to uh just take our next break and when we come back um uh, hopefully diane will be able to join us and we can talk more about the importance of making contact it is magical to do but it is also extremely important to do this so this is ann gelsheimer on conscious evolution radio and we'll be right back
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
1: Are you just getting started on the path to metaphysical healing of yourself? Would you like to have some fun as you find out more? Join Julia Stubbe each week as she guides you through the Energetic Toy Box. This show will gift you the basic foundation and tools as you discover your spiritual path on a deeper level, encouraging the exploration of many facets and concepts such as chakras, healing, meditation, crystals, and more, so that you can use these in your daily life. The Energetic Toy Box is here for you every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Inside Out is the voice of the inner revolution. Join host Beth Green and co-host James Maynard for a weekly program empowering humanity to change. We heal traumas getting in our way, see ourselves more clearly, overthrow stale and destructive personal and social traditions, explore a new liberating spirituality, meet guests who are challenging old ways, and join up with others who are changing themselves and our world. Listen for Inside Out. Live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling. And become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be
0: visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: Tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to Conscious Evolution Radio at Gmail.com. Again, that's Conscious Evolution Radio at Gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: Hi, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. We 've been having a wonderful conversation about making contact with extraterrestrials or CE5 work, with Dr. Marilyn Gavaki, Jennifer Westicott, and now our friend Diane Saunders is here. So welcome, Diane. Thank you for, uh, for taking time to join us. Yes,
3: hi. it's a pleasure to be here, Anne.
2: It's wonderful. So we were going to go into uh, talking a bit more about why CE5 work is so important. So, Marilyn, would you share your thoughts on that? Yes,
3: I I would love to. Um, I think, first of all, human initiated means that we are saying we understand extraterrestrials are here, and we want to make direct contact and, and actually open up communication lines. And this is so important right now because even in the UFO field, although many, many people are talking about data they've gotten from the military and scientific advisors and and uh, former defense ministers and people have data about the truth of extraterrestrials on Earth and about the truth of their technology here on Earth, what's really important is our ability to have face-to-face contact with extraterrestrials at some point. And it's interesting that people at many UFO conferences are talking about whistleblowers who come forward, who have even been on crafts, and people who have witnessed extraterrestrials. But so many people are not necessarily talking enough about human-initiated contact. Dr. Greer was certainly the first one. And I think it's it's so important that we bridge that gap because I think even in the UFO community, people are still afraid. Right. And here's the metaphor, Anne. It's like the ships come to America and they land. And somebody says, you know, we heard that there's... Native Americans here, and somebody tries to get data, and they find artifacts, and they go, yes, we think there's these people that live here, they're foreign, we don't understand them. And so more colonists come here, and one of them goes, sneaks off, and becomes part of the tribe, and he comes back and says, yes, I have proof they're real. And so everybody's on their ships outside the coast going, oh, my gosh, I think this phenomena of Native Americans is real. And somebody then comes to them and says, rather than gathering your data from past files, there is a meeting place down on the beach, a big fire bonfire, and if you go, they will come. And you can actually have initiated contact with these Native Americans and see that they're real. And the people still stay on their ships and go, well, I don't know about that initiated contact, but we're going to find out more information about who these people really are, what they're up to, and why they've been in such secret. And it, I think part of that is because we still have... This fear factor going on in our own consciousness, that there's so many incredible people in the field now who are talking about the truth of disclosure and the need for governments to come clean about extraterrestrial contact. And yet, we know now how to have human-initiated contact with extraterrestrials. We certainly do it in Mm. our group, and many groups across the world are doing it. And for me, that is one of the most important pieces in contact because, first, we're telling ourselves we not only believe it, but we're ready, and we've dealt with our fear. And number two, we're giving that message to these extraterrestrial civilizations that there are humans gathering in much speed now ready to have face-to-face contact. And I think there is no better message than that message at this point in time. Because, Anne, the invisible becomes more visible. We expand our consciousness. We learn how to be in a community as a human race and become more of who we really are and our highest values. And we begin to evolve and have hope that not only this contact will help us, but we can help ourselves as a human race live in peace and love and harmony. And so for me, this CE5
2: contact
3: is one of the most important things going on in the planet.
2: Oh, I so agree with you, and that's beautifully put, Marilyn. Jen or Diane, did you want to add anything to that? about Well, yes, importance? I,
3: I, I love what you're saying, maryland because i really think that it, it's such an evolution for us as we come to believe that we really we can make contact and it's funny because i've been learning about contact for about seven eight years now and i've entered in at so many different levels but now you know i really understand that it takes a while to not be in denial because we, it's a lot of faith we, we have this relationship with these ETs that we don't see on earth. We don't see them in the, in the so-called flesh, but we, we start changing so much in our beliefs and our ability to connect. And so it, it's amazing to watch how we all change as we begin to do that and really feel the truth of this phenomenon, that we are powerful enough and conscious enough to connect with these very evolved beings. That's beautiful. I love so it. So it's, it's quite a process. And, and the more that I experience contact and the more that I work on expanding my own consciousness, the delight in really accepting that this is real and it's real for everybody. And it, it's, it's, it's just so exciting and wonderful to feel our own inner truths expand. And as we do this in a community, it's like, watch out. It's so watch powerful. Out because, we, yes, we're learning not just about the material world, too. We're learning about the spiritual world and the con- world of consciousness. And that's how contact comes through. And I've learned so much about that in the last seven years, and um, that's where the excitement is.
2: Well, that's such an important point, because we've shared, you know, so many of the sort of five sensory experiences we can have with uh, the ETs, but they're communicating beyond just the, the five senses, but and beyond. And they're communicating through and in our own consciousness, a consciousness that we share with them. So it becomes very profound. Well, and,
3: and you know, here's the thing, I watch people through the community and myself and Diane and Jen, you know, our extra-perceptual or extra-sensory perceptions have grown so much, the ability to remote view, to be telepathic, to have precognition, to meditate and know about what time VETs might appear. I mean, all of these things, seeing energy beyond the visual spectrum, I never thought I would be able to do that. We have many people in the group who can, who can see the energy fluxing and can see the orbs that the camera sees. And so all of this develops our ability as a human race. We have these abilities, but it's been through the ET contact that my abilities and many others' abilities have grown, and this is where we need to go as a human race.
2: And one of the things I noticed when, when they do come is the, for me, a signature of theirs is this incredible peace that I feel or a serenity or, uh, sometimes it's joy. I like literally joy. And so there's an emotional signature, not just what I see with my eyes and, you know, yeah. the other senses, but this inner experience that is so definite. It's not something yeah. I, I could be creating. It's just, it's like a blanket that settles all around me. <laughs>
3: That's a beautiful it. way to put it, and it, it is, its is—it's so joyous. It, you know, just to to have this experience and and to really feel like the ETs want us to evolve. I think that's that's what I'm most struck by lately, is that they want us. You know, sometimes I feel young in my own evolutionary growth, and to and to feel when the ETs come and we see the craft or we feel them around us that. They're, they're holding us up. They're saying, okay, we, we can help you because you all have a sincere desire to evolve and grow and expand in your consciousness. And we've been there. I think I was saying this the other day to Marilyn. I feel like they are such great helpers because they've been where we are. They've been right. in our situation in terms of not being that evolved. And so I think they know how to help us if we're willing to help ourselves first, of course. And so that and to where, me, is very joyous. And where do they? And where do we feel them the most, Diane, Jen, and we feel them in our hearts. And you know what? That's where the human race needs the most help. And that's where I feel the most expanded is in my heart. And that's the part I just love about Contact Night because it's pretty <laughs> joyful.
2: <laughs> that's it's right. So Everybody's true. on the same page. We all want to be in our hearts for that evening. And where else do we get to do that? I mean, obviously there are places, but this is just, this is uh, something everybody looks forward to. I remember the, the members of the group saying, you know, they look forward to coming so much because of this warm welcome and this heart-centered space that they enjoy with you.
3: And that's why we are looking forward to having this retreat in July, with, with we call it the intensive retreat weekend, where we have a chance to be with each other from Friday afternoon to Sunday late afternoon, and we build a community of folks. And so far, the people that have been signing up for this retreat are just incredible people who have had their own experiences. But where we gather in July and have a chance to be together morning, noon, and night at this retreat site at a Sufi mountain retreat um, near us on the border of New York and Massachusetts and we get to be with each other, building community, building cohesiveness, building that heart expansiveness. And um we had one last year and the contact was extraordinary.
2: And wow. and you get to come this year. I am so excited. <laughs> yes, I have signed up. <laughs> I am gonna be there. Well
3: and what I love about what I
2: loved about the intensive last
3: year and what I'm looking forward to this year is it's just that feeling of letting your boundaries down. There's an expansion that happens in community where, you know, you forget your everyday life and you forget all your little preoccupations and your heart opens and you can connect with the community and with each other in a way that you don't get you every day in your life. So it's magical. And then we take that magical heart feeling into the field at night and we reach out to connect With our ET brothers and sisters, and it's just—it's really an altered experience because it's not how we live every day. It's like you leave the third dimension when we're able to connect through our hearts that way, and then to the ETs. It's like something is very, very different. And who gets that opportunity every day? So that's—that's what I love about the intensives. So I'm really looking forward. I love that, Diane, because when I hear you talking, I, it reminds me of, of when we gather, either for monthlies or these intensives, that it gives me great hope because of the experience in the community and being so present with each other. It gives me great hope for the human race because if we can do this, those of us that are out there doing this and forming these communities, there's hope that globally someday, all of us on Earth will learn to live this way. And I kind of think that's what the
2: message is from our ET brothers and sisters. That would make so much sense. That, yes, to be in peace with them, but to be in peace with one another. Yes. Yes,
3: you know, we really can change. And the old paradigm of of how we all relate to each other, it, it can be different. We can be more loving and more authentic and more transparent and and we can really create new communities together and new relationships and and this is how I feel we're being guided. It's it's really magnificent to have this guidance available to us and that's, that's a big part of CE5 contact.
2: And what's interesting is so many people say when they do the contact work that they feel like they're coming home, that they're coming home to themselves, that the ETs feel very familiar. So, you know, it really sort of seems to be that we are part of a a universal family. And as we do the work, we're waking up to we have a big family who love us (laughs) and we get to be part of it again. And how wonderful.
3: Well, I love that that we get to be part of it again because we're waking up and remembering that we've always been part of it. But finally I think we're at a place where the human race can evolve into that remembrance that we too are star seated and we too are part of this intergalactic community and I just think we have the most amazing thing to look forward to. Yes. So we when... would we wanna go ahead. No, go ahead. I just want to let you know... Why do we want to limit our relationships to each other on Earth? You know, when you really think of it, this opportunity to be a part of, you know, multi-universes and different diversity, different kinds of beings, the excitement of taking our place with these other beings is so expansive and, and so marvelous to just come out of our... Little reality here, and, and so the sky is, the sky is not the limit. We can just keep going out and out into many universes with our relationships and that yes. is really exciting
2: well, Now we have just about we sorry we, we just have about oh, a minute and a half left. I think this is a wonderful uh, idea to leave them with what you 've been saying, and I want to let people know that you do have a website. Uh, the shift dot rocks. And this is going to be listed, um, on, on the, your guest webpage on my show. There's also a banner on my show where people can click. You'll see the, uh, July intensive and Marilyn's picture. You can click on that. It'll take you right to the website and you can learn more about the event. And if you want to join, you could contact Marilyn and Diane and Jen and, and sort that out. But we have so little time left, and we could always uh, continue talking, so we'll have to have you back. But I want to thank you so much, uh, Jen and Diane and Marilyn, for being the women that you are and doing the work that you're doing, and for being my friends. So thank you so much for being on the show.
3: Well, Anne, thank you. And I just wanted to say for all the listeners, we only had two phones, and so when Diane came in, um, Jen had to go off there, so that's why you haven't heard from Jen in the last several minutes, but we're all still here and we hold you with great warmth and gratitude, Anne, for doing this work yourself.
2: It's deeply my pleasure. So this is Ann Gelsheimer and thank you so much for listening to Conscious Evolution Radio. Good night.
1: Thank you again for tuning in to Conscious Evolution Radio. Please join Anne Gelsheimer for another great show next Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. We hope to see you next week.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network.